When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's going on, everyone? From Forward Progress, I'm Rob Pizzola, and this is On The Clock, the show where I put myself in the shoes of an NFL general manager, and I draft for their team just as they're going to be doing on April 27th. And today, I am drafting for the Jacksonville Jaguars, picking towards the end of the first round. Now, Jacksonville's a super interesting team. We saw them go on a run in the second half of last season. Trevor Lawrence showed the signs, the promise of being a generational quarterback, quarterback that they drafted first overall. But this is a team that's still a ways away. They went into Kansas City, lost that game by 10 points in the playoffs. And if we look at their depth chart, which we will do here, what you're going to see immediately is that this team actually probably has more needs than any team that we've done so far on on the clock. Like really, outside of the quarterback position, possibly wide receiver, you could make an argument that they could draft anyone in the first round. Because of that, I think this is a team that is a candidate to trade back and recoup more picks in this year's draft, if possible, or future drafts as well unless someone just falls into their lap at 24th overall. Looking at the offensive side of the ball, Calvin Ridley, huge addition for them. Obviously suspended one season for betting on games. Traded from Atlanta to Jacksonville. Calvin Ridley, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk, they're going to be happy with those three at wide receiver. They could use some depth, but it's not a, a key concern for this team. Offensive line, Cam Robinson, left tackle, locked him up. Now, Cam Robinson, they're set at left tackle. He's not one of the better left tackles in the league, but they've they've got their guy at left tackle for the next little while. Interior of the offensive line is where we start to see some problems for this team overall. You have Ben Barch at left tack, uh, left guard, excuse me. Three years in the league, was a fourth-round draft pick, really has not developed into an upper tier guard. We would definitely say he's a lower tier starting left guard in the league. At center, you got Luke Fortner, who they took in the third round out of Kentucky a year ago, had a bad season a year ago, was especially horrible in the run blocking game. I don't think that, you know, you just draft someone and, and forget around about a third round pick and like you got to give these guys time to develop. But certainly those two positions are questionable at best. They could use some depth there. Brandon Scherf at right guard was a very good right guard for a long time. He's now starting to have age catch up to him. Suffered from injuries last year. This is a former top five pick in the NFL draft, but coming off the worst season that he's ever had, and he has been plagued by injuries. So interior of the offensive line could use some help. At right tackle, you have Walker Little, second round pick out of Stanford a couple years ago. He's fine. The same way I feel that Cam Robinson is fine. But overall, 
it's one of the weaker offensive lines. No, like, horrible, horrible spots here, but certainly on the interior, they can improve. Now, Evan Ingram was franchised at tight end. They're okay there. Evan Ingram had a fine season last year. Trevor Lawrence, you know, we're, we obviously have the franchise quarterback now. Um, Travis Etienne, not wasting time here at any of the other skill positions. So mostly on offense, it's the interior of that offensive line we're concerned about. Now, defensively, this is where I can make an argument that the Jags can improve anywhere on defense. This was their struggling point a season ago. They scored a lot of points. Problem was they gave up a lot of points. Games against the Cowboys late in the year come to mind where they put up a ton, but also gave up a ton. Josh Allen is your stud. Bonafide stud on defense. One of the best edge players in the league. Had a great season a year ago. You also had a great season out of Tyson Campbell. I don't want to say it came out of nowhere. Tyson Campbell, good player. But statistically speaking, going from his first year to his second, obviously he was, I believe he was a late first round pick or either was, might've been the first pick of the second round a couple of years ago. But had a fine rookie year, all of a sudden developed into a great corner. The issue is, you look at the other corners, Trey Herndon, they had to re-sign. Darius Williams, these are both guys that were undrafted in the league. So you have two of your starting three corners as undrafted players. Trey Herndon's never been good. Darius Williams at one time was accelerating, and now he's gone backwards a little bit. Corner is a huge need for them. They don't have the safety play uh, to back up or help these corners, especially Rayshon Jenkins, who was coming off a miserable year. Their front seven, some decent players all around. They got bowled over in the running game. They just didn't have that size. They played Trayvon Walker on the inside sometimes last year. That didn't work out. He didn't have the most successful rookie campaign for being a first overall pick. Devin Lloyd, another first uh, round pick, did not have a successful campaign altogether. There's a lot of room for improvement in the front seven and the secondary. Could argue that quite literally every position on the defensive side of the ball for the Jacksonville Jaguars is a position of need. And that is not an exaggeration. That's just where they stand right now in terms of overall needs. Now, I don't want to make this seem dire. Like it's not at all. This team has Trevor Lawrence. They're in a very good spot going forwards. Very good spot as a franchise because they have their franchise quarterback. And that's what it takes to be successful. They're in a division, Tennessee Titans, Indianapolis Colts, Houston Texans. They are big favorites to win this division. So you have that as well. But overall, definitely, I think we're targeting defensive side of the ball, potentially interior O-line, uh, emphasis on guard and center, maybe another edge rusher as well. Re really, like, it's... It's one of the more open-ended drafts that I've done. Let's see who's there towards the end of the first round. So we'll bring in Pro Football Focus Mock Draft Simulator. For those who have not watched this series yet, we've done a ton of these already. There's a playlist. It's called On the Clock. Check it out. You can go through every single one of these. If you do enjoy this video, make sure you smash the like and subscribe to the Forward Progress YouTube channel right here as we cover a variety of NFL Topics, both general and betting related.
Seven-round draft we're doing as the Jacksonville Jaguars in the 24 spot. We're keeping all of the other settings the exact same. And we're going to start out on slow just to see how the early part of the draft goes. Jacksonville is absolutely not a candidate to trade up here. Like not whatsoever when they have so many positions of need. We're not just going to go out and target a specific guy. And we'll enter the draft. So on the clock, Carolina Panthers will get things started. It should go something like Bryce Young and another quarterback. So Bryce Young won. For Houston, Anthony Richardson, that's been very common. Defensive player here, Tyree Wilson, who's been moving up draft boards as well. CJ Stroud at four. And Devin Witherspoon, corner to Seattle at five. Will Anderson might see a Will Levis here. Jalen Carter, wow. Will Levis drops in this draft that we're doing. There we go. Okay, so our top four quarterbacks are off the board. I'm going to increase the speed to fast to get us to number 24 overall. And we're going to see who's available to us when we get there, so we're in rapid fire mode right now, and we get to pick number 24. So we got some options here. I'm not so keen on uh, using the pick on Dalton Kincaid here. I don't think Evan Ingram is a bona fide, like he's your stud tight end by any stretch of the imagination, but also like fine with Evan Ingram. Like I, I, I'm not so focused on upgrading the offensive side of the ball here. Would have been really nice if Joey Porter Jr. right before us dropped, but Brian Branch is a, a very realistic option here. And pro football focus seems to like him. This is the general in which he has been um, drafted in, in mock drafts that I've seen, usually in the 20 to 25 range. So from a positional standpoint, we're in a pretty good spot here. Six feet, 190. Very smart player. This is what a lot of people are talking about when watching tape. He's kind of all over all over the place. Um, he can play slot corner as well as safety. Like very versatile type of player. Needs a little bit more strength. But best pack tackling defensive back that PFF's graded. Missed only four tackles on 174 career attempts. He's being compared to Jimmy Ward. Um, I, I really like this pick. Now, go through it a little bit more to see what the other options are. Brian Breesey is here. Uh, I've caught a lot of slack for drafting Brian Breesey in the first round for other teams that I've been drafting for because he had an ACL injury in college. But that's why he has kind of dropped to this level in general. I wouldn't let an ACL injury scare me away from drafting a player if they fill a positional need. Anton Harrison doesn't fill the positional need. I think it's pretty clear cut here. We're going to go with Brian Branch. I think this makes a lot of sense. The other options are two trades, but I don't want to move all the way back to 33 here uh, with the Houston Texans, especially considering that we do have a player that really, really fits the mold of what we're looking for. So PFF has identified our needs as guard, center, edge, DB. Pretty much agree with that. I'm going Brian Branch. And we're going to move down to pick number 56 now as the rest of these teams roll through. There goes Hendon Hooker to Green Bay at 45. Interesting. Okay. We're at 56. There's four trade options. Again, I'd be very open to trades with this team. Move back five spots of Chicago, get another pick, unless we really, really like someone here. So Tanner McKee, Diane Henley, uh, those are off for me. Now, Thule 
Tui Pelotu happens to be here, edge rusher from USC. This is right around the spot that he's drafted in a lot of mock drafts. I typically see him go more towards, um, I guess this is right around it, but like early third round, very late second round. That would be a decent pick here. We have Luke Weipler, center of Ohio State, which I talked about our center position off the top. And we're weak at center. But we also have a player at center in Fortner that is going into his second year. He's a former third round pick. So do we want to use a second round pick on center now when we used a third round pick on center a year ago? I don't know. I do think Weipler here and the way he's being drafted in the PFF mock drafts is a little bit too high relative to where um, I've seen him go in other drafts as well. Julius Brents makes a lot of sense. A lot of sense. And I'm very open to this option. Cornerback out of Kansas State. I love the idea of the secondary. We did that already. But I'm I'm not opposed to going back to back secondary to start with here. 6'3, 198. Very good at the line of scrimmage. More burst for a taller cornerback. This is a good prospect over here. We don't know much more. Um, but I have seen him mocked consistently in the middle of the second round uh, and sometimes late in the second round. So we have options, which is good. Now, the fact that we do have options makes me consider the possibility of moving back to 61. It would hurt to lose Brents here, but it's not the end of the world. We could go back to 61, get edge rusher. There's a couple available options here. So it'd be a little bit high for Nick Herbig from Wisconsin. Joe Tipman out of Wisconsin as well. This would be in the range. Could go into your O-line. I don't know if he's a, a three-banner or a guard to be as well, which would be helpful. He's played all center in his college career. A little bit more challenging. But... There we go. While he's only played 11 snaps at guard in his career, he could easily hold up there. So this is an option as well. I'm I'm inclined to trade back here just because Jackson... I mean, we have a lot of picks, but we also have a lot of needs as a team. So I, I want to see what we can get from Chicago. Could we get 61 and 64? It's possible. It's possible they would take this and maybe throw in a late round pick, see if they would accept it. Let's see if we could get 61 and 64 and give up our 88. Okay, so we did. So we're moving back five spots, but we're going to get another pick now to start the third round um, and potentially get another impact player immediately. So we'll resume the draft. Okay, so we lose... We didn't want Diane Henley. We used Joe Tipman. So we lose the interior offensive line option. But at 61, we still have Julius Brents available. And that's where I'm going to go with the first pick. He's the most likely to come off the board. Actually, Thule is in this draft is most likely. The thing is, can we get more edge rushers or corners? We have Andre Carter available here. Interior defensive linemen would be fantastic. Interior 
defensive lineman would be fantastic as well. Jags got blown off the ball a lot last year. Big dude, 6'3", 335, true nose tackle. Now I'm now I'm I'm starting to change my mind. Now I'm starting to change my mind. Let's let's look for positional value here. So if we filter by position and we go interior defensive lineman, there's going to be a massive drop off after Siaki Ika from Baylor. And this is like the prototypical player that Jags need in the middle of the defense. Protocol. Leverage demon. Like they, they do not have guys like this. Whereas if I go, you know, other positions we could draft here defensively, let's go uh, edge rusher instead. We have lots of guys in this range or at least a few options. Now, Thule would be an option. Andre Carter, a little bit of a reach if we were going to be picking him next in this spot. And Nick Herbig, I think also quite a reach at this point if we were going to take him in this spot. So we would maybe, you know, we're risking losing out on Thule. Corner, I think we should have a bunch of options, which we do. I'm going to go with the interior defensive lineman. I just think that this is a, a, a great fit overall. And we can't really risk it with both the Eagles and Chiefs behind us, both who need defensive line help. Here we go. Siaki Ika from Baylor. We do lose Thule. We lose Cedric Tillman. So now we have... Luke Weipler, bit of a stretch. Julius Brents is still here. I I almost think this is a no-brainer at this point. Like, where has Julius Brents been going in most recent mocks? Yeah, around 50 to 60 range. Positional value. We need a corner. Ticks the boxes. Julius Brents. So we move back. Got an interior defensive lineman. Another corner. And we're not picking again till 121. But I think so far, so good. Versatile player in round one that can play safety or slot corner. Both significant areas of weakness. Really identif identifying defensive players that can fit in now. Now we're at 121. For those who've watched previous drafts, we're going to see a lot of familiar names here. We have Anthony Johnson who's up here a lot. This is because Pro Football Focus really likes Anthony Johnson. It would be a, a major reach to take him at this point. Uh, Chandler Zavala. Um, where is he going typically? Going in the range of 120. So this is, again, PFF being pretty high on him. The ADP reflects people who are doing this mock draft, and they're seeing this rank of 70 and drafting him higher. That's not... Not to say that he's not a good fit here. I don't mind this. We haven't gone O-line at all yet. He's playing mostly left guard. 6'5", 325. He allowed only four pressures on 422 pass blocking snaps last season. So he's an option. Remember, we have a pick at 127 as well. Uh, Moro Ajomo. Interior defender. 
And this is about appropriate range for him as well. I know we just drafted an interior defensive lineman. That doesn't mean we can't take another. He's 3-4 defensive end as his role. So, I mean, he would play a lot more outside. And we've seen some of that in his college career. Um, option for us as well. Just scrolling down a little bit further. Could go edge rusher, but now we're getting into like not the greatest positional value. I think we're going to go here and take Chandler Zavala as there's a pretty big drop-off on interior offensive linemen after him. So let's secure our position here. Seahawks at 123, need guard and center. We'll go Zavala right, right now and see what's at 127. Moro Jomo off the board, unfortunately. So we get to 127. Luke Schoenmaker, tight end out of Michigan. Let's take a quick look. I'm not opposed to Don't know much about him altogether. It's right about the range he would get drafted. He's NFL ready, inline tight end. 35 catches, 418 yards last year with Michigan. Don't think it's that much of a reach. He's an option for sure. Ronnie Hickman in the secondary. We could go edge rusher. Villamy Fajoko, who I've drafted in a couple of other options. A little bit of a And typically we've been able to get him a little bit lower. So I'm going to go ahead here and I'm going to go with the tight end. Not a positional need, but we get value. Evan Ingram, franchised. You have him in around another year. Potentially start time to start thinking about tight end of the future. We're going down to 148 next. It's a fun team to draft for because there's so many options that are available to them at any given time. Um, Dorian Williams of... Tulane has dropped a lot. I don't know if this is like a PFF rating thing where they're really high on him. He typically goes in this range, if not earlier. Box player, 6'1", 228. One of the best coverage linebackers in the class. 87 coverage grade last year, which we, we see 83.3 overall, but 87 coverage. Uh, Shades of Jayon Brown, who's had a decent career there. I mean, there's always going to be cons with someone that we take in this range. There's going to be cons with every player, but someone that we take in this range. Certainly an option. I think this would be actually, like, th do the Jags need a linebacker? No. But we start to get into fifth round here, and someone falls, who typically is picked in the range of, like, 130 to 140. ADP here is 90.4 because the amount of linebackers available in the draft. But I think we're going to just go ahead and make that selection. I like that a lot. Dorian Williams, linebacker out of Tulane. I dropped down to 185 here. So the Jags now in late rounds. Uh, I'm just going to approach this by trying to draft value players. People who've fallen in the draft 
should have been drafted higher. Like Fajoko was available at our last pick. I mean, that's an e easy option. We haven't gone edge rusher yet. Is Fajoko likely to be a guy that turns into like a bona fide NFL starter? No, he probably isn't. But we're drafting in sixth round here, a guy that PFF ranks at 121st overall. That typically in mock drafts goes a little bit higher than this. And if we look at Jose Ramirez as well, I mean, same type of, of situation, but typically speaking, I see Jose Ramirez get drafted a lot later overall. So I'm going to go ahead and take Villami Fajoko, edge rusher, San Jose State, and I'm um, pretty happy that, I mean, we considered him at the last pick and he, he fell to this. 202 coming up. So we got two more sixth round picks, 202 and 208. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, Jose Ramirez is still there. Um, anyone else? Yasir Abdullah, edge rusher from instead of Jose Ramirez, is an option. This one, I think, is a steal. I've seen Yasir Abdullah go as high as like 140 in drafts that I've done. Outside tackle player, 6'1", 237, undersized, fine. I mean, this is a late sixth round pick. 59 pressures on 306 pass rushing snaps last season. Rotational edge rush player. Uh, I'm not thinking too much more about it. We'll get another edge rusher. Yasir Abdullah is in there. If you watch this series, you know how much I love my edge rushers. Um, okay. Bryce Ford Wheaton, wide receiver for that draw. We don't see picks here. And in the interest of not drafting the same position over and over, and a team that has many needs, including depth at receiver, like they have a bona fide top three, 6'4, 221. I don't know much about Bryce Ford Wheaton. He didn't get great grades, good con contested catch rate in college. Like to see the drops be, well, I mean, it's 8.8 is fine. Again, positional value, West Virginia, Bryce Ford Wheaton. It's late in the draft here. Let's get some guys who should have went higher and are dropping. And we'll go to 226 for our final pick in the seventh round. Marte Mapu at safety. Now we went safety with our first pick, but not a true safety. Someone that might be able to move into a slot corner position. So Marte Mapu is consideration here as is Quindell Johnson. Now, Quindell Johnson goes undrafted in a lot of drafts, so I'm more likely to go with Mapu here, which I believe uh, when I did a draft eager, either for the Chiefs or the Eagles, we ended up with Marte Mapu. Good coverage grades in college, good run D grade, obviously not playing the, the toughest of competition at Sacramento State, but here's a guy who dropped. Just quickly going through to see if there's any more. Do we want a project quarterback? Do we want a Clayton Toon or a Stetson Bennett? I mean, certainly we can consider that. We can consider either one of them. This might be the the shot to take because, um, you know, with the de with the Jags in terms of their depth, C.J. Beathard I think is still an unrestricted free agent. It'd be Nathan Rourke would be their backup quarterback. Tough decision, actually. Do we go quarterback or do we go safety? 
I, we're in such desperate need of defensive backs. I'm just going to go with Marte Mapu. I think he's the best option in this spot. So that's going to conclude Jacksonville Jaguars overall. We'll get to the end here. Pro Football Focus is going to grade my draft overall. They're going to grade it off of their own ranking system, ADP, so on and so forth. But I'm pretty happy with this one. We've had a, we've had a lot of decisions to make over the course of the draft, but I'm happy overall with how it turned out and the final players that we acquired. So just loading it up here, grading our draft. Okay. Brian Branch, A. Siaki Ika, they did not like this pick. I still maintain that if we don't draft him here, we do not get an interior defensive lineman, which is a massive, massive need. A big boy that they can put up uh, on that defensive line. I'm happy with that overall. Maybe we could have gone edge rusher at this point. I'm good with it. A pluses on Brenton Zavala. Luke Schoenmaker does not fit a need, but I, again, I'm okay with that. And they really love how we rounded out the roster here with value position players, couple edge rushers, safety, wide receiver, overall draft grade of an A plus, which I'm pretty happy with overall. Uh, I don't think I would have changed anything, really. I liked moving back here. Despite the poor grades at 61 and 127, nope, I'm pretty comfortable with this overall. If you did enjoy the content here today on On the Clock on Forward Progress, make sure you smash that like button. Helps people find it going forwards. Let me know how you think I did in the comments below. If you're a Jags fan, would you take this draft? Would you go for something completely different? Let me know about that as well. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the Forward Progress channel here so that you can get notified when more videos in this series release, which we'll be doing all the way up until draft day on April 27th to check out any of the past videos. There's a playlist right here on the channel on Forward Progress as well. So you can see how I've done and some of my guests have done in previous videos as well. This was On the Clock with the Jacksonville Jaguars on Forward Progress here, a part of the Hammer Betting Network.